Sinister Parlor. Sinister Parlor. Sinister Parlor. Sinister Parlor. Good evening, fiends. Welcome to another episode of Sinister Parlor Podcast. I'm Zombie Barbie with my awesome and amazing and incredible co-host, the one and only Bud Vino. Oh, Rianne, every week you make my head this big. Rianne, Nicole, and Bud Vino, the dynamic duo, Saturday night again, coming at you. We're excited, Rianne. We had an awesome show last week, and this week we have an incredible show from a gentleman that, ironically enough, I'm going to let you introduce him, Rianne, but... I had a gentleman, a fan of the sh- our show, named Sam Fowler. He put out a post a couple weeks ago. I told Ken, this gentleman on what happened. And uh, Sam had put out a post about a little movie called The Night Watchman that he loved so much. And we had just booked this gentleman, Leanne, who is this awesome guy. So tonight we have actor, writer, and producer, the one and only Ken Arnold from The Night Watchman. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it, man. This is awesome. Yeah, my man. Thank you so much, Ken. Thanks for joining us, buddy. You're welcome. This movie, oh my God, I love this movie. I have, so back when you guys were making it, um, you know, I'm friends with Mitchell Altieri. So Mm -hmm. he was telling me about it that you guys were making it. I was like, holy shit, I got to see this fucking movie. And I swear, since it's released, I have probably watched it 12, 13, 14 times. I absolutely love it. Yeah, I, I, we had so much fun doing this. Uh, we've been trying to get this project off the ground for so long, so long. It was a project that, uh, that I developed with Dan DeLuca. Uh, we came up with the idea. Then we brought in Jamie Nash, who you guys know um, as well. And uh, he helped us uh, clean up the script. And, uh, you know, it was it was a project with me and my best friends. We, we've been wanting to do something together for so long and... Uh, we finally got to do it, and I think that chemistry and how we are in real life translated over onto the screen, and uh, and that's why it makes it such a good, fun film. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, you could tell that you guys just, it all seemed natural. All of the dialogue seemed natural. It was smart-assy, it was funny, and it just flowed so good. That's the way we are in real life. So if you ever if you ever catch us out at a bar and we're all together, that's exactly how we talk to each other. And that's how we re- so yeah. it, it wasn't much different from what we do in real life. So it was kind of a an easy, fun thing for us to do. And of course, you know, Mitch just let us do our thing. Nice. You know, I mean, he he gave us some suggestions here and there, and and steered us in the in the right direction. But uh, he kind of let us just play and have fun. And and uh, you know, with that freedom. A lot of exciting, great things came out of that. Yeah, well, I think that's, as you said, uh, Ken, there's that intangible that you guys, that, that genuine chemistry and that fun you have together and some of those spontaneous things. It's cool that you had a director that was flexible like that and kind of let you, trusted you guys to do that because some of the best material probably came out of that real shit. Uh, you know, in the, in the end, though, you know, we talked about this um, with the editor and we talked about it with Mitch um, when we did Q&As at, at film festivals and stuff. Um, I would say 85%, 90% of the film is actually the scripted stuff that was written. Oh. Yeah. I mean, there was some stuff that we came up with, uh, improv, uh, you know, physical things and looks and things like that that made it into the film. But the scripted stuff really worked. I mean, Jamie Nash is, is hilarious. Dan DeLuca is hilarious. Those guys, when they write something, it's funny. So, you know, when we say it, it, it and, it, you know, it com- it's coming from us because they know how we are. 
right? We've had, we've been doing projects with these guys for years, Zaluka and Nash and, you know, different projects here and there. We never got to do it together, but they know us. They know how to write for us. And I think that that's a big plus when you're a writer and you know who you're writing for, the, the lines come out naturally and they know how we're going to say them. So that, that's what that's, I think that was the difference right there that really put us over the top. Mm-hmm. Yeah, awesome. Well, and, and I can say too, I will, we do, we had Jamie on the show before and I really enjoyed him. We talked a little bit after the show too and I was just, he has a really naturally cool, funny uh, way about him and he's a deep guy too. He's a pretty deep guy. I really enjoyed getting to know him a little bit and it's really opened us up because again, he mentioned you and he spoke very highly of you, Ken. Yeah, um, we, so and that's where that all came together. I think everything happens the way it's supposed to. Yeah, we, we, we met, um, I don't know, about 10, was it 10 years ago? I would say 10, 11 years ago. Um, he had reached out to us because we were doing productions in the area. We had done a couple uh, pilots that we put online, and, they, and he saw one of them, and he thought it was pretty funny. And he contacted us. And um, he's, of course, friends with Ed Sanchez, Eduardo, from the Blair Witch. So he's like, hey, we'd love to meet with you guys uh, and talk about doing this web series called Para Abnormal. And I don't know if you guys have seen that yet. But if you have, it's the Ghost Hunter show that we do. Um, it's, a, it's a web series. We did it uh, 10 years ago. And as a matter of fact, we do have new episodes that are going to, they're going to come out this year. Um, but we did it 10 years ago. We did four seasons, so to speak, four seasons of it. And uh, Jamie Nash wrote it. And I met with Ed and Jamie. And if you've ever met them and seen them in person, they're really tall, both are of they? them. They're like, yeah, Jamie Nash and Eduardo Sanchez. When they stand up, you're looking at 6'7 and 6'8. Holy shit. Wow. So, yeah, you're like... I didn't realize that Jamie was that tall. I, I didn't know that at all. Jamie Nash is huge, and Eduardo Sanchez, they're both so tall. And I walked into the meeting, and they were both sitting down. So I was like, yeah, you know. <laughs> but then they stood up, and I went, hey, guys, what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> they're so tall, but it's great. I mean, it's great. So, um, you know, we did this web series with them, Parabnormal. It's a comedic web series um, about a ghost hunting team that just can't seem to get it right. So nice. Yeah. So if you get a chance, you know, search it on YouTube. It's on YouTube, Para Abnormal TV. And uh, you know, we our most watched video I think is up around uh, I don't know, a million and a half views now wow. maybe. Yeah. So we we, wow. we we had a good little audience. So it was it was kind of nice. Hell yeah. That's incredible, uh, Ken. If I could too, I wanna explain and I know I said it to you, Ken, behind the scenes. I just thought it was funny. And I had mentioned it early on in the show where uh, our friend of the show, Sam Bauer, mentioned mm-hmm. what he had done was proactively put out this post about the Night, Night Watchman. Literally, I believe it was the day after, within a couple of days or a week or something, of us booking camp. Mm-hmm. And you and I always know, Rand, we always say nothing. Everything happens for a reason and everything's... So he said, you know, everybody out there, this is just... And, and for him to proactively write about it, he was really struck by the move. Um, for him to proactively be like, wow, it's good enough, I, I feel compelled to write. Yeah. So right away, I'm like, I have to do a double take. I said, wait a minute. I said, well, it just so happens, we have a gentleman from the Night Watchman coming on, and he was like, no way. So we, we know that Mr. Fowler will be watching, but it shows, uh, Ken, I think, the, the uh, gravity of that movie and how much people enjoy it, even just from that little sample that was unsolicited. Yeah, we were, we were very fortunate with the Night Watchman. Um, 
not only to sell it worldwide, you know, we were, we were fortunate. I mean, in Malaysia, it was in theaters, which, you know, I, I've never had a film go worldwide. And people in Malaysia are actually going to the movie theater to watch this film. Uh, Japan uh, and Australia, Germany, the UK, uh, everywhere, all over the place. We have a huge following in South America, which, was, which is phenomenal. Um, and then, of course, here in the United States, uh, North America, we... we had a have a great following i get stuff all the time from people um emails and messages on facebook about the film and uh, we just can't be more proud of the work that we did because like i said we we came up with the idea in like 2011 2012 and it took us a good four or five years just to shoot it and just to get it in the can and then it took another two years to edit and get everything set so we could release it in 2017 so it yeah it took a while so yeah well and you know it 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 is part of the movie making process because of course the hardest part and uh, i you know uh, you guys probably know this as well the hardest part is finding money it's finding investments so investors so that was the hardest part that's definitely the hardest um, I like with this movie, there's so many scenes where you just rewind them over and over and over. It's so fucking funny. You're like, oh my God, and you got to rewind it and rewind it and rewind it. And one that I really love is um, some Max who played um, Rajiv. Rajiv, yeah. Yes, yeah. He slips in the blood and he screams his fucking head off. That part, oh my God, I have rewinded that just every single time I watch it, I have to rewind it like three or four times because. We'll yeah, <laughs> we were we were we were very fortunate to get Max. Um, he actually came on at the last minute uh, for the film, and uh, we were fortunate to get him. And he was fantastic. He he came in and he picked up right away, and he fit right into the group, which was great. And we had a lot of fun with Max. Um, of course, you know me and Jigits and Luca. And we're like twenty years older than Max, you know, so we didn't know how it was going to play out, but. He's, he's such a good kid. Uh, he's not a kid anymore. You know? He's like 20. <laughs> yeah, he's like he's a grown man. But, you know, we looked at him as a kid, and uh, he came in, and he fit right into the group, and we had a lot of fun with him, and uh, he had a great sense of humor, and he's a great actor, so we had a lot of fun. It was great. Yeah. Oh, well, awesome. Ken, I think that, that speaks as you were saying that. I think the one thing I was excited, Ray, and I'll tell you, Ken, about you coming on is from the get-go, you have a joyfulness about you and a, and a kind of jovial sort of personality. Um, so I think that's an important part of it. I think you should never lose that side of you. We, and I believe it was Jamie, ironically, no such thing. We talked on the show about not losing that childlike wonder and that joy. That sort of, I think that may be why you got along with that younger, I always say that to a kid when the person's 20 years old. Um, when, when you're closer to 50, um, that a lot of people, yeah, you start to do that. But I think if you don't lose that part of you, that that joyful part, that part that really still can enjoy being, having that feeling of when you were a kid and that joy. And I, again, that's why I was excited about you coming on. Um, and you bring that. I think that's why it's probably working for you, Ken, where you're getting the recognition worldwide because it's one of these things I think that blows our minds when we go, wow, I'm just being me and totally doing what I do and I enjoy fully. I can't believe that other people over here appreciate it, appreciating it. It's great, and you deserve it, Mike. Mm-hmm. And I, I, you know, my sense of humor, I think, was the the. It just got arrested at the age of fifteen. Like it stopped. That was it. Yeah. Boom. Fifteen yeah. year old 
boom, here we go. I was into, uh, you know, the, um, uh, Police Academy was one of the my first favorite films to watch. I watched it. I went to the theater like ten times. You know, wow. seven times I went stoned. So, you know, <laughs> right, I mean, perfect. Well, so, I always say to Leanne, I've always said like I'm like a I'm like a pre-pubes. I'm like a sixteen year old boy. The things that I think are funny are things that like juveniles find. That's why I'm glad I have two boys. My, yeah. So I, I thank God because my sense of humor. I just again. Yeah. And I hang around with those types of people. Jamie Nash, he's the same way. Mm -hmm. Oh, he's a goofball. And that's why after the show we recorded, I was in my garage and we were going back and forth just laughing. Yeah. And I knew that's why when you came on, it was going to be the same because also, yeah. I got to say, Ken is a, a good sport because I know we mentioned it in the pre-show, but Ken drove a, was it a screw through your finger today, Ken? I, I, I didn't drive the screw through my finger. I was... I was holding the screw, and I took my glove off right before I did it, too. And I was like, yeah, I, I need to take my glove off so I can hold the screws a little bit better so I can, you know, get the drill. And and sure enough, the first screw after I took the glove off, I should have left my gloves on. And the first one, the drill slipped, and the drill, uh, the, the the screwdriver part went shoom, right through my finger. Oh, I was like, You got screwed. and I got screwed. You did, and so... Before, I see that like 19 minutes before we're, it's probably, I don't know, about an hour before we're going to go on the show. And I see that. So I'm like, Ken, hey man, if you, we're still ready if you want to record, but I understand you, you know, you drove a, a screw through your finger and he's like, no way, man, I'm ready to go. And I, I knew that solidified it for me. I said, I like this guy before and he made light of it too. So we're going to get along just fine. Look, it, that's, that's nothing. One time I was working on a, a construction job back in college. I took a grinder and cut my finger almost halfway off. So, and then my dad just looked at it and goes, "Just wrap it up. Let's go. You got to get back to work." Throw some dirt on it. I was like, "Here we go!" Right, right down oh, yeah. to the bone. You could see the bone. Oh, I was like, oh. "Sure enough, put put duct tape on it, wrapped it up, went back to work, and that was the end of that." So, and you and you did it. Yeah, that happened to me. I was working at a welding shop. I, I saw a buddy of mine today, actually, Brian Peasley. We worked together at this welding shop too. Right out of high school, I got my hand caught in a drill, Ugh, and it well, it broke, it broke one of my fingers pretty majorly. And the foreman, this was you know many moons ago, was a friend of my stepdad's, and he said, "Oh, let me look at it, see if it's broken." And he set it like I didn't. Really, he went snap, and he reset it, and he took like a piece of cardboard and he folded it up and he put my fingers in and taped it and told me to get back to work. Get back to work, <laughs> and I did. I was making eight. I think it was seven bucks an hour or something at the time. Oh God! I'd be crying. Take me home. I'm done. I'm done. Yeah, this. Never went to the hospital. My wife, she got a little bit, you know, nauseous with whatever. Yeah. Well, we can't. We were saying my wife. You were saying too, because my wife doesn't like blood. Yeah, that's what it was. It was yeah. the blood. Yeah, it was the blood. So. <laughs> Gross. Which which makes me wonder, Ken, because I think for me, I'm usually like the crazy one, right? But for our wives. They, they seem put off by things like that, but they married us, which makes me wonder if they're the crazy ones. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, when my wife met me, I was playing professional baseball at the time. So she didn't know that I was going to get into this crazy world of horror films and horror comedies and things like that and acting. She didn't know that. I didn't even know it at the time. So, uh, But then, you know, that's the way it went. And uh, here we are. <laughs> so it's pretty awesome. That's yeah, pretty awesome. She's like that. Um, 
in all seriousness. I think we were saying we both got lucky because my wife's the same. She's pretty quiet. I've been through some things with her in those times, different paths, like you said. And she's always been very supportive, which I think we're, you know, I can speak for myself and just judge it. It seems like we're both really lucky. We're allowed. I know I've always felt supported in that way. Like I've had the freedom to, to jump, you know what I mean? And, and, and it's not a problem. So again, shout out to your wife. Thank you for being such an awesome friend to Ken because he's an awesome, fun guy. I can tell that. <laughs> she gets frustrated sometimes with me, though. She's like, ah, come on. Well, I think an, we both said You need that. to get an acting job soon or something. What's the, what was the key word that we said about our wives? They're very tolerant. Exactly. Tolerant. Yeah. That's the word. I think that's the word. That's the word of the day. So what... So since you said that wasn't your original path, what made you decide to become an actor and write scripts and do this whole world? Um, you know, I, when I was I, I was playing baseball, and I tell this story a lot, but I will tell it again. Uh, I was uh, I just got released by the Texas Rangers. Uh, I was lying on the couch feeling sorry for myself, and I'm watching Days of Our Lives, <laughs> and John Black comes on. He's a character in all Days of Our Lives. And I knew that he had once played minor league baseball for uh, the New York Yankees. And uh, I'm watching it, and I'm just sitting there going, wait, what? And I sit up, and I say to myself, and I say this out loud, and I go, I could be as bad as him. I could do that. What he's doing right now, I could do that just as bad as he can. And guess what? I called up uh, an acting place down here in Maryland called Maryland Hall for the Creative Arts. I called them right on the spot and said, hey, do you guys have any acting classes? And they said, yeah, we do. Tonight, starting at 6 o'clock, it starts as the first one. And guess what? I hustled down there, went to the class, loved it, and the rest is history. I just started, you know, taking more I classes. And I sent, you know, the teacher told me to send out a headshot. I sent out a headshot. Within a week, I was working on a project, and it was fun, and I loved it. So oh, that's, awesome. that's how it happened. Shit. And here I am. Now I'm, a, I'm an actor. You know, I still play baseball for a few years after that. But in the off season and my downtime, I was studying. I was reading up on it. I was watching closely different things. Mm -hmm. um, and then about four or five years into my acting career, uh, I started a, uh, well, my wife started a production company. And I started working for her, editing and writing and doing that kind of stuff. And it developed from there. Damn, that's awesome. So has she always been into um, the movie business as well? Or? Uh, yeah, actually when I met her, she was a locations assistant on films like Major League Two, uh, The Boys with Winona Ryder. Uh, she did that one. She did One If I See, I believe is the name of it, with uh, uh, Dennis Leary and Julia Roberts. Was it Julia Roberts? She's sitting. She's sitting. She's just sitting over here listening now because she heard her name. So she's. she's like, yeah. She heard me say my wife. So she came on. <laughs> yeah, she wants to know what's going on. What, what's this? I've heard my name more than once. Yeah, she's just off screen, and now she's listening to everything I'm saying. So yeah, just my wife found Paula. I think she listens somewhat, but she won't write on. But I don't know. But yeah, you but you. But, uh, I, if I could, Rihanna, real quick. Um, I think first of all, Rihanna, awesome question. You've really been kicking ass, especially for a long time. So 10th show together, I'm very excited. But I think it's important, Ken, what you just said, that people hear that, because that's how it's done. There's literally no reason for people out there, if you have a dream, you know what you do? You do what Ken did. You jump in. Don't think. Do with what your heart says. There's no reason I can't. And the only thing that stops us, Ken, is our own uh, 
insecurity or lack of self-confidence or what people say we can or can't do. There's no reason. And you did it the perfect way. When I first got into radio, I've said before, I literally had no idea. And I, I walked into a radio station and was like, hey, I, have, I don't know anyone. I've never done this. I have no idea what I'm doing. Who do I talk to? I want to be on the radio. And that's literally how it, it, a lot of things happened in between. I was very young, but my point is what you did. It's so ballsy. And that's the way you do it. I know I can do that. Believe in yourself and just jump. Rhiannon, awesome. Bud. Yeah, you know, and, and that was it. I, I never doubted that I couldn't do it. You know, I, I just said, you know what, this is something that, I, I mean, I, I know it's different than anything I've ever done. Because I got a business degree. I was offered jobs to work on Wall Street right out of college. You know, and they were good paying jobs. But even then, I, I was offered to play professional baseball. You know, the Chicago Cubs came to me and said, hey, we're going to give you next to nothing to come and play for us. Or I could have went and worked on Wall Street and, you know, been making $100,000 a year right out of college. I chose the different path. And I played professional baseball for almost a decade. And I loved it. And I made great friends. And I had a great time. And I met my wife. I would have never met my wife if, if I hadn't have done that. If I hadn't chased that dream, I wouldn't have the life that I have now. Mm -hmm. And then once I got near the end of that segment of my life, that chapter of my life, I was like, what do I want to do? What can I do from here? I could have went back into the financial you know, industry and, and did that, mm -hmm. but I didn't want to sit behind a desk. I didn't want to do those types of things. I was just like, you know what? Office work is not for me. Nine to five is not going to work for Ken Arnold. And guess what? I went and I took those acting classes and I dove in head first and the rest is history. You know, making movies that, you know, unfortunately, fortunately for me, I made a movie that got worldwide distribution and hopefully the next one will do the same. And then the next one after that, and we'll just keep building from there. Yeah, definitely. Wow. I, I was sitting there kind of shaking my head, too, because of your path. And I, I was a police officer when I was very young for a number of years. I was a national sales executive. I traveled all over the country. I had a, I was in my early 20s. I had a, a nice silver BMW that said number one rep on the plate. I was, but I wasn't fulfilled. There's, again, and everything happens for a reason. I shouldn't, shouldn't say I wasn't fulfilled. I was at the time. But like your path, there's certain things that happened where at the time I, w I was kind of questioning or maybe I've been bummed out about, but I would have never met my wife had certain things happened differently. So at the time, I'm like, oh, but now I'm like, wow. So I think later, the later we go into life, and it's important people hear it too, is hang on because everything happens the way it's supposed to. So in the moment, it might seem hor horrendous or something horrible, but if things hadn't happened exactly the way they, they did for you and for me, for Rhiannon, that's why we're all right here, right now. Mm -hmm. um, so again, I, I think your story is an awesome one because I can completely relate um, because it's it's that feeling of just um, doing all these different things and saying, you know what, I'm gonna, what, what, what else can I do that will make me satisfied at this point in my life? And those earlier professions, it's always great because like you said, I made good friends. No one can ever take that stuff away from you. And it's all part of what shaped who you are. You had to do it. It's made you Ken Arnold. The biggest and the baddest yeah. and the funniest. Right? <laughs> well, that's the thing. If you've ever been, I spent a decade of my life around 26 guys all day, every day. So imagine that. Imagine you are just around 26 dudes who did, that's all they want to do is make you laugh all day long and then bust your balls and do that. You know what I mean? So it's, it was just a constant, 
you know, who could be funnier than the next guy? And who could, you know, and that, that's what it was. Who could tell a better story? Who could be more entertaining to make everybody laugh on the bus or, you know, at the hotel or on the field, in the dugout, whatever it was. And that's where I developed, you know, that sense of comic timing, believe it or not. Because I'll tell you what, you're sitting in the dugout and, you know, it, that's all it is. It's just a bunch of guys cracking jokes and trying to outdo the next guy with the funnier joke. That's all it is. So. Awesome. Yeah, I, I had a, uh, in high school, uh, it's pretty funny, God bless his soul, I had a teacher named Mr. Wisniewski, and I got class, uh, class clown in high school, And but he he stopped me outside of class, he was a history teacher, and he said, hey, bud, I tell you what, if I give you, it was a two-hour class, he's like, if I give you 10 minutes to do your stand-up before class, I won't interrupt you, will you let me teach the rest of the class and not have Because that's how much I'd get the class going to where he couldn't. But he would laugh, too, at times, so it was really a weird... So we made that handshake deal. He stopped me, and I held up to my word. He said, I'm going to give you 10 minutes for class. It was like the second half of the year, and before class, I'd go do my thing for 10 minutes. And it was a deal. I'd sit down, and I'd shut up, and let me tell you something. That was hard for me. I made the deal, though, so I did do it, and uh, he was a good man for doing that because he needed to teach, but he also believed in what I did, you know, and how I was. He wanted to try and encourage that, and he did. Uh, he was a very good man. Uh, he took me to uh, actually one of my first Boston Bruins games. Oh, very really cool. Guy. Yeah, after that, he was like, hey, bud, it was a couple months later. He said, what are you doing uh, this uh, tomorrow night or whatever? I said, well, I'm watching some Bruins Buffalo Sabres first game of the series. You know I'm going to be watching the playoffs. He said, how would you like to go with me? I had two tickets. Aww. And he came picked me up at my house. This was just a history teacher of mine. Drove. Uh, we went into Boston from uh, New Hampshire, and I tell you what, it was one of the most memorable Awesome nights of my life. Bob Sweeney scored for the Buffalo Sabres. The Boston Bruins had just gotten rid of him at the deadline. So they lost in overtime. But one awesome thing, and it was someone who encouraged me to kind of be me. I remember him telling me that even in the car. I was like 16, 17 years old. He's like, but go with your personality. That's what's going to get you things. Be authentic. You know, be you. Don't, don't be fake. Be what you are. because That's what's going to bring you fulfillment in your life. And he was right. Absolutely. Yeah, but that's a great story. But, you know, you mentioned the Boston Bruins, and now I totally, you know, I don't know if I can talk to you anymore, so I'm just going to talk to Rianne from here on out. Right, I understand. <laughs> I can't brag much, especially after what the Bruins have been doing. We haven't won since 2011, but hopefully it's soon. Uh, I'm a Flyer fan, so you know we hate the Bruins. But we uh, haven't won since 75. So The Broad Street Bullies, yeah. yeah. I, I actually just saw Ken off the, off the subject a little. I just watched a big thing on uh Eric Lindros and that whole trade when he was going to go to, you know, he refused yeah. to trade before back and what those teams gave up. Ken, I'll, I'll send you a video. This is off the subject, but I'm going to send you a video of, from that Lindros trade, all the trades that came from it till now. Yeah. It'll blow your effing mind how far out it reached. Yeah. No, I believe it. I believe it. You know, and, and he was good for us for a while, but, you know, he just couldn't bring, home, couldn't bring home the trophy for us, though. Yeah, he played hard. He just got he got his bell run a lot. So yeah, well, you got you got to keep your head up there. So Stephen caught him at the caught him at the blue line really well. Oh yes, yep. That was scary. He was like comatose on the ground. Yeah, well, Stevens was he was like that. He put a lot of guys out like that. So yeah, and that was a vicious. I mean, that was just a stand up blue line nasty man to man blast. Yeah, it was. That's why I love Rocky. Rihanna's like, what are these two talking about? Like, I'm sorry. Let's talk that. about, let's go back <laughs> right. and talk about horror movies and stuff like that. Right. Right. Oh, man. I'm in. I'm in. 
All right, all right, go so, guys. <laughs> uh, man, I, tried, I, tried to watch, I tried to watch Keanu Reeves' Knock Knock last night. I got about 15 minutes in, I couldn't watch it. Yeah, it was very different. Yeah, I got I, I was like, yeah. I, yeah. I have to watch this another time. I, I don't know. I don't know what, what, what it was. It was just, I was just watching it, and I was just like, ah, I can't get into it. There I don't know what it is. parts, yeah. too, where I was like, oh, that's just, oh, that's yeah. odd. I don't like that. So, I mean, it was all right, but it was just, it was just different for me. I had to, I, it took I, two times to watch it. Like, I watched some of it, and then I was, like, in the middle of painting my armoire, and I'm like, all right, well, I guess I'll finish watching it. And I kept stopping, like, what the fuck? <laughs> I'm gonna watch the Night Watchman. Well, Allie and I are gonna, my wife and I are gonna watch the Night Watchman because we have to do that, and we also have to do um, Cherokee Creek. Yes. Cherokee uh, Creek. Okay, who did? Who made that? Uh, Todd, Todd Jenkins. Go ahead, Randy. Sorry, Todd Jenkins and no, Billy, no. Billy Blair. Okay. Yeah. I, and I also, um, if you haven't seen it, we had uh, Mitch and Todd on the week before last, I believe it was. Not with, all story, um, though. A different Mitch. What's that? Was it was it a different Mitch or was it Mitch? It wasn't Mitch Alt Mitchell. Mitch Will it was Mitch, Mitch Wilson, right? Yeah, Mitch Wilson. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Mitch's new film is Starlight is out. Yes. Right? So that's out. Well, I was gonna mention Knuckle Bones because I haven't watched that whole thing yet, but my wife watched it and it and Rhiannon's watched it and they both flipped out over it. Okay, Knuckle Bones. All right, another one on my list. Yeah, you like that I have to watch. Yeah, yeah I was kind of a, I was kind of a jerk though, and I think I told you like Allie had watched it, and she was really like freaked out. She legitimately was right into it, mm -hmm. so I didn't bother. I went over to watch it, and she was freaked out. She's like, I don't like Knuckle Bones. I hate. I don't. Knuckle Bones freak me out. So she goes in the basement, of course. The basement. I had to shut the light off when she's down there and start making noises. She she wasn't really laughing, and it, it took a little bit. She did laugh. But not right away. At first, she wasn't really overly impressed with it. Of course, I, again, I'm like a 16-year-old, so I laughed. Mm. But she didn't yet. <laughs> but no, Knuckle Bones is supposed to be awesome. I've seen the, the first like 20 minutes of it. It was really good. Yeah. Yeah, right now, yeah. Cherokee, the, the Cherokee, the Cherokee Creek, is that like a Bigfoot-themed movie? Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah so I thought so. Funny. Oh my gosh, it's so funny. I'm gonna yeah, that one's getting rave reviews too, and they were really fun to have on. A couple of uh, really nice guys too. Those two, so accommodating. All the people that we've had on, including Ken, have been so much fun. We kind of forget if we start rolling and talking about things, and we forget we're actually doing a show sometimes. Oh, wow, like baseball <laughs> and stuff. <laughs> I'm like, I know nothing about baseball. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> uh, I'm not going to talk about that. No, you're baseball, fine. baseball, schmaceball. Nah. <laughs> what is that? Right. <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I want to do a baseball horror movie. How's that? Ooh, that'd be cool. That'd be oh, awesome. we're conceptualizing like we did with Professor Slash Jamie Nash right on the air. <laughs> we exactly. Did, we started, things started coming to us like they're coming to you right now, Ken. Oh, I think we should do a baseball, you know, like a minor league. They get the baskets lost, and they got a whole team full of guys that just get wiped out. They wind up at some house in the middle of nowhere, and, they, you know, it's like... Chainsaw Massacre meets, uh, you know, Bull Dorm. Yeah, or, or like a, a ball that has, it, it, it's infected, like has this weird thing where if it touches your skin, it like rots your flesh off. Like, and only a few, like this certain baseball, I, I don't know, something, something weird where it possesses the person, I don't know. <laughs> I like your idea better, but we could, there's so many directions we could go. 
<laughs> exactly. Well, we you know we always get Nate, Jamie Nash to write the script, and we get Eduardo Sanchez to step in and direct the. Eduardo, whole Jamie, yeah, we got we're gonna have Eduardo on soon too, and we'll have Jamie back in too. I'll have to, I'll have to bust his uh, bust his hump while we're doing something like that. <laughs> Jamie, you gotta you gotta really conceptualize, really think about that. We gotta have a sports thing, or maybe a, like a dis- disgruntled player can mm-hmm. maybe some that like thought they were gonna get like a. They called up and they didn't, and someone else did. So they ended up. Yeah, that's that. too close to home. Yeah, that, yeah, that, yeah. So yeah, <laughs> we'll bring that up. Thanks so much. I think I already lived that one. So yeah, exactly. That, who have you been talking to, bud? I'm done with that. Exactly. <laughs> I'm gonna start murdering people. Right. Yeah. Cal <laughs> uh, uh, Ripken. Let's start with him. That guy. Oh. So that was a shortstop in the Orioles system, and guess what? That guy never took a day off. Mm-hmm. So. But I, t- yeah. I already talked to him about that in real life. So, wow! Yeah. Tell you what, one of the greats, man. The the, the things that he did in terms of uh, no hitters and uh, perfect games, and the, I mean, absolutely unbelievable. Yeah, it, well, it, I, I was his stunt double in a commercial. Oh wow! And which and, one? Uh, he did a bear uh, one a day men's 50, over fifty for the All Star game a few years ago. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we're doing the rehearsals and I'm catching all the balls, you know, and I'm diving and I'm doing all this stuff. And he's looking and he comes over and he goes, hey, did you play before? I said, yeah. He goes, who for? I said, Baltimore. What position? I said, shortstop. They sat there and looked at him for a second. It was like this awkward silence. I said, yeah, some guy wouldn't take a day off. (laughs) (laughs) And then I turned around and walked away. Nice. Oh so I was like, oh, you got me. I said, yeah, yeah I thought I was going to get a break, but you're the Iron Man. You just decided you're never going to not play, so I, here yeah. I am. Here I am. I'm doing stunt work on commercial. I can see you doing stunt for him, though, because I can see it. Like, the hairline and stuff, like, in, in the, from back then, too, I can see the resemblance in it. Yeah, they shaved my head for the commercial because he's bald now. Was he pretty much gone by then? Yeah, in terms of his hair, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he was. So, yeah. but they they put a fat suit on me though. I didn't think he was too happy about that. <laughs> but you get the last laugh in the end, Ken. I think so. I think so because yeah. you know his four million dollar mansion he just bought down on the bay over here, a couple blocks from me. Yeah, he's laughing. He's not laughing. I'm the one. Right, right, not at all. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> I see him at the hardware store every once in a while. Hey, Cal. <laughs> Hi, Alan. He's like, he's like, uh, security, security. Get out of here. Kids, run, run. Uh, Is that weirdo Ken again? Yeah. <laughs> weirdo. Um, so where did you come up with the idea for the Night Watchmen? You said, you know, it took a while to write it, but vampire zombie clowns, what, what sparked that? Um, here's how it, how it, all came about. So, like I said, it was like about 11 years ago. I owned a studio in Baltimore in an old, scary broom factory building, you know, at night. The place just was a ghost town. There was nobody in it. And I said to Dan DeLuca one night, I was like, look, let's, let's, I called him at like three o'clock in the morning. May or may not have been drunk. Not a hundred percent sure. <laughs> Can't remember. <laughs> but I said to him, I said, look, uh, what can we do? that we can shoot in this building um, and, you know, what kind of an idea could we come up with where we're trapped in the building overnight, we got to survive the night. And he's like, all right, hold on, let me think about it. And he came back a 
two or three days later with an outline about a group of security guards, three of us, and uh, we were trapped in the building with vampires. And we had to fight our way out. Now, the clown vampires didn't come into it until Mitch came on board. So Mitch came on board, and he, he we did have a clown in the beginning of the movie, mm-hmm. but um, we had a meeting about it, and we discussed it, and Mitch's idea was like, well, why don't we have the clowns throughout, and it's a troop of clowns, and the main vampire villain is Blimpo, the clown. Mm-hmm. And then we did a rewrite and we did all that and that's how that came about so a uh, very collaborative effort right there with mitch uh dan deluca jamie nash and myself mm-hmm. and we came up with the clown fires so that's how that yeah. that's how that came up that's freaking cool shit he blimped yeah. scary Jesus. yeah gary peebles played blimpo um and uh, you can see some of his work in avengers infinity war and endgame he was the stunt double for drax so Guardians of the Galaxy, Drax. He was a stunt double for, uh, God, what's his name? Um, Dave Bautista. He was Dave Bautista's oh, stunt shit. double. Okay. Wow. And this this was his first um, stunt job with us as Blimpo. Damn. So, and he, he's a huge guy, Gary Peebles. I mean, he's just like, or like if I, I would he was, yeah, if he was sitting in front of me, you wouldn't be able to see me at all. Because he's just like, about, yeah. you know, this wide. Yeah, if, he, if he's doubling for David, for Batista, he's, he's got to be pretty enormous. Yeah, he's he's just huge. So, and uh, But the nicest guy in the world. The nicest guy you would ever want to meet. He would do anything for you. He's good disposition. He's always laughing. He's always telling jokes. Such a, He's so friendly. It's unbelievable. He's like a big bear. You just want to hug him. Mm-hmm. You know, every time you see him, you're like, oh, Gary. Oh, <laughs> Gary. I just want to hug you. So, But... <laughs> He, he did an amazing job as Blimpo, and that whole stunt team did an amazing job. Jeff Wilhelm, the Misfits of Mayhem, they're called, and uh, they just set everything up. You know, we set the clown on fire. We had people flying through the air, doing flips. And, uh, it was amazing. It was, it was so much fun. Uh, and, and, you know, just thinking about it again, I'm just like, oh, man, I want to go back and do things like that again. Let's just, I just want to make another movie where we can do that kind of stuff. So. Awesome. Hell yeah. Do it. We need it. Well, I was going to say, Ken, Ken's putting that energy out there now, and, and the way Ken's life has been, when he puts things out there, it usually happens. So uh, he's putting it out there now, and we'll be seeing some more uh, awesome clown magic from uh, from Ken in the future, vampire magic. Are we seeing, we're going to see the Night Watchman too. I don't know. We've talked about it. We've talked about it more than once. But again, you guys know, it's a whole money thing. Yeah. You got to get, get the money to make the movie. Um, but we did uh, raise some funds, and we did a uh, film coming up, a horror comedy anthology called uh, Comedy of Horrors, Volume 1, um, and we're wrapping that up right now. We're in the last leg of the uh, production, post-production. Uh, our deadline is the end of November, and uh, we have uh, a great team of people working on that, and of course, uh, I play a clown in that movie so there you go you'll have more clown stuff Fuck yeah! Yay, <laughs> well that sounds good and we'll put out there now for jamie if you, when you write night watchman 2 you got we will come and we'll, we'll make cameos we'll be vampires yeah we'll come, you gotta write us in and we'll be like a vampire team you can kill us both at the yeah. same time wow. you gotta come out you gotta be clown pires so we well, yeah, we'll do that. Yeah, well, whatever you want us to be we'll be like a a team that you guys have to butcher 
Well, we we've already have a script, by the way, for the Night Watchman too. Oh, so oh boy! It's the we already have it. We are ready to go. So it's just a matter of getting the funds for it, and uh, you know, finding the time and and putting it in. You know, with this whole COVID thing, it kind of set everything back. Yeah. But, um, you know, we we didn't let that deter us. We we worked on the film that we shot last year in November, the Comedy of Horrors, mm-hmm. um, and we. We're working on that. We're wrapping that up now, but we are in the process of doing other things. We uh, we uh, have two uh, films in the pipeline: a horror western and a uh, another horror comedy that takes place in Romania, which actually involves the Night Watchman. Believe it or not, oh, it's cool. a it's a like a meta sequel. Uh, you know, it that takes place in real life where we, me, the Luca Jigets. Uh, Matt Servito, we traveled to Romania to go to a film festival that the Night Watchman is in, in the International Vampire Festival, and when we get there, they want us dead because we made them look bad. (laughs) I love it. I love that, Ken. That's very unique. It is unique, and it's a great concept, and it's a great idea, and we were all set to shoot uh, now, like right now, but COVID happened, and we had to... Push it all to next year. Well, but, you know, it's almost here. Uh, Ken, I was thinking, like when you were saying that, I was thinking something along the lines of new nightmare, but uh, but a lot more self-aware. Yes, you, know, you could do something that was a you, know, you could do that was a lot more, and I think you could do a lot with that. I'm sorry to interrupt you. No, it is it, it is very self-aware. The project, and it's it's us, it's me, Ken Arnold, it's it's Dan DeLuca. You know, we play ourselves in the movie. And we go to Romania to this film festival, the International Vampire Fest, which actually exists. They know we're coming. And we're going to shoot uh, with their festival as our backdrop. Uh, they know we're coming to Sigishwara in Romania, which is where Vlad the Impaler was born. And uh, we're going to shoot this film. And, you know, it's going to be insane. It's, it's ridiculous. There are gnomes in it. There are monks that... <laughs> You know, do LSD. There are, you know, there's Little Red Riding Hood. There's a werewolf. There's, I mean, it goes all over the place. It's a road movie. It's like The Hangover meets uh, Bram Stoker's Dracula meets The Night Watchman. You know, it's crazy. There's just so much crazy stuff happening, but it's fun. And, you know, when, and here's my gauge when we write scripts. So when Dan and I sit down and Jamie or Matt Cerrito and we sit down and we start writing with each other, if we're laughing out loud the whole time we're doing it and we can't stop, we know it's going to be funny. We just know it's going to be funny. Because if we all find it funny, then, you know, there's there's going to be a group of people out there that find, you know, across the board funny. So, and, and we never get tied to any, it has to be this way, mm-hmm. you know, or it has to be my vision or it has to be Dan's vision or Matt's vision or Jamie's vision. We agree to just all collaborate and throw different ideas out there mm-hmm. and and see what sticks and see what's funny. Oh, yeah. That's so. awesome. Oh, I, think yeah that's, I, I think that's cool, too. And I had mentioned something. I, I, I don't know if it was Jamie or somebody else I asked if you get married to ideas or if it's a problem just being able to cut that away or stuff that doesn't, you know, but it seems like it's pretty easy for you to be emotionally disengaged and just let stuff go and doesn't work. Look, if, if my idea doesn't work, I know Jamie's is going to hit it out of the park. And if Jamie's doesn't work, I know DeLuca's is going to work. I know Matt Cerritos is going to work. I know. And we, we surround ourselves with people that we know we can trust and that are funny. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, people that we've worked with on other, other projects that we know are talented and can do 
the things that we're asking them to do, and we we trust them, right? And that's the whole thing. That's the whole thing in making a film. I don't care who you are and in what level of filmmaking you you are. Surround yourself with people that you trust and you know can do the job and do it at a high level, and it's gonna work. It's gonna work. Yeah. There, over there. Yes, over there. <laughs> I went the wrong way. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And we, it's it, it's just like, and Rihanna and I have said it too before, even with she and I. It's just like a marriage. It's a relationship. And we've said before, how many times have we said, Rihanna, and you you'll understand the analogy. The best sex you're going to have is when you have full trust, meaning. Whatever it is you do, the best product you're going to put out is where you can trust the other people that you're with fully. Not just in words, but with Rhiannon, and even on the show, she knows she'll never fall. Well, and if I have an idea that doesn't work, she usually has one that does. Mm-hmm. More often than not, her ideas are a little better than mine. Oh, so, but again, we have, we have that trust in each other. Um, and it's important because if you don't have that, the rest is shit. None of the rest is going to work. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. That is true. That is true. And, you know, and, and we were fortunate on the Night Watchmen. You know, Mitch came in, uh, Jeffrey Allard, uh, the producer mm-hmm. on that, who, you know, did the uh, Texas Chainsaw remakes. He produced those. And he was a friend of mine. I had done a film with him years ago. And I knew that he was the guy that was going to get this movie to the finish line. So that's why I brought him in. And then once we had him on board, um, he recommended Mitch. And Mitch came on board. And we had a meeting with Mitch. And we just knew from that moment you know that this is the guy that we want to go with because he came in with these great ideas the the clown pyres the you know zombie <laughs> clown there so he came in with that and we expanded on that we did the rewrites and everything and it just everything just seemed to click and uh you know we had such great people Cara louise was fantastic who plays karen in the movie uh-huh. um rain Pryor came on tiffany Sheppis was on uh we had such a great because cast and crew rj hattie from um face off we you know he came on as the uh effects guy for the night watchman i don't know if you guys were aware of that but he won he was the winner of season two and maybe five he was on five as well so of the uh, show face off the yeah. sci-fi show yeah and we were able to get him he lives in west virginia which is weird you know considering what he does you know i don't know how many special effects movies they shoot in right. west virginia but um you know, we were able to get him to come out and work on it. And, you know, the stunt team we had was incredible. The DP, Amanda Trays, that we had was fantastic. She was incredible. Uh, and, you know, the editor we had, Brett Solom, who does all of Mitch's movies. Uh, so we were very fortunate, the team that came together. So, yeah. and, uh, and like I said, you know, then our core team, me, Kevin Jiggett, Dan DeLuca, uh, Matt Servito, you know, we were friends in real life, and then you just saw that translated on the screen. Mm-hmm. So, oh yeah, 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 great chemistry on screen. It was incredible. Um, who was the guy? And I should know his name, but he um, ran. He played Randall. Oh, Randall, that's James Remar. Okay, so yeah, I remember him Dexter's, from older Dexter's dad. Yes, yes, I remember him from older movies. I just never remember his name. Yeah, James Remar. He was he was fantastic. You know, he can't. He broke his foot on the way to us. Believe it or not. So he's he was on getting on the plane in Los Angeles, and you know you got to take all your stuff out of the bag, your laptop, you know, your shoes off, right? So he took his shoes off, and then he went to get his laptop out of his bag, and he dropped his laptop right on his foot, Aww. bam, and and broke his foot. <laughs> 
And here's the best part. He gets here. We get him to the doctor. His foot is broken. He gets on set. You know, he's got to be standing up. He's got to be doing. And then we're like, don't worry. We'll get a stunt double for you to do your stunt stuff. Because he's got to do a little bit of stunt stuff. He's got to fall down and do some stuff. He's like, nah, I'll do it myself. Holy I'm shit. Like, Wrap it with duct tape. Let's go, man. Yeah. My kind of guy. <laughs> well, hey, Ken, that's the moment you knew he was one of your people. That was exactly. the exact moment. That solidified everything. He was good to go. He was well, good to go. Ken, you, you speak very highly about your cohorts and your partners in crime when it comes to all the movies and things you've done. And I can tell, even in the short time we've got to know each other, I think they would say the same about you. Uh, it's been a really fun interview. And even before that, you've been very accommodating. I always enjoy your posts. You're consistently jovial, and uh, you have a way about you that's very likable. So keep doing what you're doing. Thank you. You're going to keep going forward. We, we, we want to see you keep going with The Night Watchman 2. We're looking yes, forward to that. Yes, and yes, 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 yes. Everybody go out there and check out Ken's stuff. I think there's certain people you just really root for. And for me, you're, you're definitely one of them. Thank you so much for taking this time with us. Yeah. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. This has been fantastic. I, you know, I always love talking about the Night Watchmen and any projects that I've ever worked on. So it's been a lot of fun. Highly yeah. recommend. I, oh man, that's the best. I was gonna say, I knew it was gonna be fun too because right away, you had a way about you right away. I said to Rihanna, and I said, just even from right there, it's gonna be a fun interview. Yeah. And I told you uh, when we first started, I said, I'm looking forward to this. I've been looking at your posts. I said, this guy's an effing nut. He's <laughs> gonna be perfect. We're not, I love this guy. So thank you so much, buddy. And thank you to your wife for allowing you to be a nut. You know the best part about this whole interview? What's that? that I'm not wearing any pants. <laughs> you either? You either? I thought I was the only one. I know. You I know. are my kind of people, Ken. Exactly. You are my kind of people. We're butt naked and we're enjoying every bit of it. That's right. But you would never know the confidence from our upper half. You would never know we're nude. You would never know. Ever. Oh, shit. Oh. So. Sorry. <laughs> we're sorry. You like the beard? We got the beard going for the Western. The yeah. horror Western. Yeah. We're going to shoot, we're gonna shoot that in, uh, we're going to shoot that in Austria in uh, February. So, I'm going to have a big beard like this. But I'll probably shave it down just to my cool mustache. Would you so. like the handlebars? Yep. <laughs> My nice. handlebar mustache, yeah. So. Awesome. I'm gonna, I'm gonna put wax in it. I'm gonna twirl it. Yeah, oh yeah, you gotta do it all a lot. Can you gotta? Because I can't grow anything like that. I, I, I've always been envious. You know, I, I didn't. I, I didn't I think I could. Clean shaven look only because I can't grow anything. Yeah, I didn't think I could do it either. But you know, then I tried, and uh, all of a sudden I was like, "Whoa, this actually yeah, looks really halfway should. decent." Mm-hmm. I don't know this actually looks halfway decent. But then I look like my dad. I look just like my dad. My wife told me one day. She goes, look, I didn't marry your dad. You need to shave. Oh. Yeah, that's what she said. And, and I said, uh, and yeah, but here's what I said to her. I said, uh, yeah, well, I didn't marry your dad either. <gasps> oh. <laughs> that's something I would say to my wife. And again, this is why you guys have a relationship. No, I didn't say that. Too many times. Hey, well, I, I probably would, but I would have to do it. It would, it would depend on the situation. Yeah. If, my wife would, if I couldn't, I couldn't do that if things were like if she was a little upset with me because it would probably push things. I have to be the perfect time <laughs> where she was in a great mood and knew that I was in a great mood, and I would know. 
Nah, my, my wife's good. She's a good sport. She loves me, so that I am grateful for. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, now is your time to let everybody know where to find you on social media, which projects you want them to check out, especially that para-abnormal. Let yeah, everybody know um, where to find you. Yeah, you can uh, you can follow me on Instagram at Ken Arnold Actor. Uh, you can also follow follow me on uh, Facebook. Um, just do a search for Ken Arnold, and uh, you'll find my actor page there. Uh, we are doing uh, we're finishing up a comedy of horrors volume one, and expect to release that in uh, 2021, early 2021. Um, and then we are moving on to. Uh, the horror western that we're shooting, and uh, hopefully the Romania project, and the Night Watchman too, which would be fantastic. And if you want to see Para Abnormal, go to Para Abnormal TV. So it's Para Abnormal, not Paranormal, but Para Abnormal TV. And we have uh, four, six episode seasons that are up currently. And we are doing another one right now. We already shot it. It's done. It's been sitting for about a year. We got wrapped up in this comedy of horrors movie, and we just had to put that on the back burner. But that will be released in early 2021 as well. Cool. So, Ooh. yeah. And it's, of course, it's a, it's a uh, you know, because Eduardo Sanchez produces it, it's a found footage uh, ghost hunting show. Cool. So, Everything is shot on, you know, handheld video cameras. Mm -hmm. And as a matter of fact, Eduardo actually shot some of uh, the early episodes that we did. So, Ooh. it was fun. Yeah. It's on our so, list. I want to watch it so bad. Yeah. I think you guys will enjoy it. It's silly humor, silly comedy, and, uh, you know, we're looking for ghosts. So. Yeah, sweet. <laughs> Hell yeah. All right. Well, thank you. And then now, bud, it's your turn. Oh, my goodness, Rhiannon and Nicole. First and foremost, I want to thank you, Rhiannon, as usual. This is our 10th show together. This is our 10th show that we've done besides the one where I was a guest. This is our 10th one. And what an awesome person to have on for show number 10, Mr. Ken Arnold. I've been excited for weeks to do this, and this exceeded my expectations, sir. You're an absolute blast. We wish you continued success. Keep surrounding yourself with awesome people. And those people thank you. Are there. Yeah, keep surrounding yourself with awesome people. Like Ken Arnold, again, Leanne, thank you so much. Leanne facilitated this interview as she does so many. She works so hard behind the scenes. Best teammate I've ever had or ever will have. To my wife, Allison, I love you, baby. Thank you for being born. To my two boys, Daddy loves you always and forever. And to everybody out there, chins up. Go live your dreams like Ken did. Now we're going to let him say another thing. I think he wants to say something here. Keep living your dreams like Ken did. And keep getting up there and saying, wait. <laughs> This is what I want to do. This is my dream. Why can't I do it? There's no reason. So take that jump like Ken did. Ken, keep kicking ass. We love you. Really. Uh, thank you. Thank you so much. And thank you for you know having me on. I appreciate it. And, uh, you know, cheers. Hell yeah. I only got oh, water. That's all right. A little cup of water. It's all right. Go for it, Rhiannon. All right. So I want to thank you. you. Oh, go ahead. You got, you got to tell everybody it's vodka. <laughs> a lot of fucking vodka. Like, so much. I'm going to be wasted. Vodka! Like, up in smoke. Go ahead. I'll be wasted, like, later. <laughs> um, so I want to thank you so much, Ken, for coming on. You know, I've been friends with you on social media for quite a while and always love seeing your posts. And The Night Watchman, I cannot get enough of it. So everybody has to check it out. It's so fucking funny and it's so good. Um, the acting is incredible. So you did so good on that. Um, thank you. Yeah. I can't wait for the next most, one. most times everybody calls me a hack. <laughs> I've been called worse. 
Exactly. You're a good company, brother. <laughs> thank you. Um, uh, yeah, hey, it's good company. I like that. Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, thank yeah. you, Bud, for being my co-host. You're incredible and amazing. I just every show I look forward to. You and your family. I love you so much. I couldn't do this without you. So thank you for everything. Um, Want to thank My Indie Productions for always supporting the indie artists, supporting our show, and tons of indie artists, actors, directors, producers, um, short film, just everybody. So check out MyIndieProductions.com. Um, give them a like, follow them, share. Uh, Ty Guberman is absolutely amazing. Um, I want to thank Johnny Ellenberger for doing our intro and our intro music and our logo. Uh, Chris Atella for doing our outro music and then our intro and outro for iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, all that fun stuff. Um, Crazy Ink Publishing for publishing my books. I have two of them out right now, Broken Halo, Broken Halo Blood Curse. Third one is available on paperback, will be digital soon. It's called Broken Halo Witches Game. Also, follow PossessedByPassion.com where all of um, we're doing a box set. So there's 21 authors, 21 different books. It's, um, para, I was going to say para-abnormal. It's uh, dark romance, paranormal fiction. So that'll release, I believe, in March. So we're getting all the pre-orders now. 99 cents, 21 books. They'll be out soon. So definitely check out Crazy Ink Publishing. And with that, I am done. <laughs> and now that she's breathing, Rihanna, one last thing. We want to give a shout out to my mother-in-law. She came over. She has finished your book, loves it, raved about it, and cannot wait for the next one. Awesome. So, thank you so much. We can't much. wait. <laughs> All right, guys. So, thank you again so much for coming on, and we'll definitely talk to you soon. All right. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Right, much love, buddy. Thank you. Keep doing your thing, brother. Well, Peace. Yeah.